When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. On the Golden Hurricane Sports Network, from Learfield, this is Eye of the Hurricane podcast, the official podcast of University of Tulsa Athletics. Hello and welcome to Eye of the Hurricane podcast. I'm Bruce Howard and our guest on the podcast today is Cody Pearson, a senior tennis player for the TU men's tennis team. He is from Sydney, Australia, and uh, this is your final spring playing for Tulsa. You're 10-1 and in singles. Uh, How's that going? Uh, season's been going well f- uh, for me individually. I've been playing some of my best tennis that I've played since I've been here at TU. Uh, I think that just comes with maturity. I'm not a young college tennis player anymore. I've been here. I've like been through the ropes. I, I know what to expect now, and that maturity's helped me when I go out into the match court, and I think the results are showing that. Yeah, even recently you had to fight from behind and win a match up against Memphis. Even though the team lost, you were able to beat uh, Pablo Almane uh, from Memphis, and uh, you, you got a battle scratch and claw, don't you, in, in matches against good players? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he's a great player. He um, He's actually, I think he's a sophomore, but he's only lost, that was his second loss in college tennis uh since he's been here so i mean he's a great player him and i were up for contention for uh player of the conference last year and i think i just got voted in front of him so there was a little bit on the line uh in that match but no it was a great great match for me he was he started off strong came out hot and i was just trying to to battle my way back into the match and i once i found a way into the match i kind of was able to open the match up and you mentioned it, you were the conference player of the year last year. How important was that to you? Was that a big a big, accomplishment, a big accomplishment for you? Yeah, no, for sure. That that was a good, uh, big accomplishment for me. I mean, just to get recognized as one of the top players in the conference. I mean, it, the AAC has a very, like, that the tennis uh, 
the tennis in the AAC is a very high level. So to be named the, the player of the conference was, yeah, for sure a big accomplishment for me. Your only loss this year has been to Sander Young of TCU and that TCU team, number three in the nation. That's that's a good bunch, aren't they? Yeah, no, they're a good team. From one to six on their team, uh, it's pretty like pretty even. They, they've they got a very, very solid team. They actually won the national indoors, and they're actually, as of now, ranked number one in the country. So they're, yeah, they're a very good team. And, I mean, it was tough loss, tough team, but... I mean, I've bounced back and uh, everything's been uphill from there, so it's been good. Well, it's not like you got bageled. I mean, it was 4-6 and 5-7, so maybe a serve here, a serve there, and you might be back in it. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, in playing in these top positions uh, against some of the best players in college tennis, there's only small margins, so there's not much in it. You lose a few, a couple of points here and there, and that could be the set done. And uh, yeah, against these top players, they can take advantage of that. So, I mean, I was a little unfortunate. I ended up on the wrong side of that match. But, I mean, full credit to, to him and their team. And, yeah, they've proven to be one of the best teams in college tennis. Now, you've been the number one player for Tulsa for, for a while, for a couple of years now. Uh, but I'm sure earlier in your career, you were down the lineup just a little bit. How did that teach you to get to number one? Yeah, I mean... When I was looking to come uh, to college tennis, I, the, some of the schools I was looking at, I didn't want to start as the number one team, uh, number one player in the team, but I also didn't want to start as like a bench player. So Tulsa was the great fit for me because I started at like in the three and four position early in my freshman year. I was playing four, then midway through the season got moved up to three, and then about three quarters of the way through the season I got moved up to two, and then. Um, from my sophomore year on, I've been able to play one. But that's just taught me that, I mean, as I've progressed through the team, I've taken a bit more of a leadership role. And I think that that's really helped me mature as a player myself because I'm having to guide some of the younger players on the team as well, which has been very, very beneficial for me. Cody, you mentioned one reason you came to Tulsa, the chance to kind of be slotted three, four, whatever, and then move up. What were the other reasons you decided on Tulsa? I mean, Tulsa, I felt that was a strong bond between the t- uh, between the team. Uh, the coaching staff was great at the time. Vince, very, very good uh, manager of the team and has a big influence in the team's success. And uh, wh- when I first um, was recruited, the assistant coach was Australian and he was f- uh, good friends with... Um, one of one of the guys who was coaching me back home so that connection also uh assisted me in choosing Tulsa and there was also a few other Australians who had been had come and gone through the program so I just felt like that yeah it was a great fit for me it wasn't a massive school like population wise which was a good opportunity to not get lost in the college system but also a good opportunity to kind of stand out and to flourish so i thought it was great and international tennis makes it a small world right a guy from sydney australia that's quite a ways away how long does it take to get there by by flight so when i fly from uh from sydney i fly sydney to la which is about 14 14 and a half hours and then tulsa is usually a two-flight city so i gotta fly either to houston dallas denver st louis and then fly from there here so it's all in all close to a 24-hour trip, so it's t- it's tough, but I mean, that's what we get when we live so far away from the rest of the world. And you're such a good tennis player, of course. You're uh, moving around and traveling a lot anyway. Now, this fall, we had kind of what we're talking about, a tennis sabbatical, so to speak. You were not with the team, but you went ahead and played internationally, and you were based in Germany. Tell us what that's all about. Yeah, so I had... Um, I'd 
uh, one year and then I had five classes to take in that year. So it was either I took four classes in the fall and one in the spring or I could take the uh, fall off and then take all my classes in the spring. So I decided to do that. I based myself in Dusseldorf in Germany and played some league matches in Germany as well as traveling and playing some professional tournaments throughout Europe. Uh, it was a great experience to just expose myself week in, week out to all these hardened like professional tennis players who have been through this. Uh, like We don't realize while we're in college how lucky we have it that with our travels all taken care of, our accommodations all taken care of, our foods all taken care of, but when you're out actually doing that, all that stuff on your own, there's there's just way more that you need to worry about. And that was that was good just while I'm still in college, just to expose myself to that a little bit, to know what I'm going to get into when I do graduate, because I do have the ambitions to go and play professional tennis once I graduate. So just to expose myself to that and realize, like, it was a good opportunity for me to realize, is this really what I want to do or is this going to be too difficult? And I think this is something I really want to do. But yeah, I, I got the opportunity to travel to like Belgium, to the Netherlands, to Portugal, Sweden, even flew to Morocco, played a few tournaments in Morocco and just just to like a good opportunity to experience the world as well, just to see different parts of the world while doing something I really love doing. So And you played a little in Australia too, right? Yeah, yeah. I played a couple of tournaments, went home, played a couple of tournaments in Australia. Then I flew to New Zealand and played a couple of tournaments before going home for Christmas, New Year, and then I was back here in Tulsa the first week of January. Cody, what it also did for you is establish a baseline for ranking. And I know that's important as you try to get into professional tournaments and that sort of thing. Uh, what was your best success and what's your ranking now? So, I, yeah, I built my ranking up uh, over the like well, three, four-month period while I was playing professional tennis. Um, I got my ranking to around 900 in the world. And uh, my best success is I made the final of... I made the semi-final of two professional singles tournaments and I made the final of three professional doubles tournaments. So it was just good to get deep into the tournaments and realize, and understand that like, I do belong at those the tail end of the tournaments and that like if I, I'm trending in the right direction to uh, to be successful on the, the tour. And I feel like just the more I put myself out there and the more tournaments I play w uh, week after week, that confidence is only going to grow and I feel that... I can make a big impact once I graduate. Well, you're a 900, 899, better watch out, right? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But you have the number, and that's good, and that's what you work on when you decide to be a professional, right? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, my goals are just to maybe halve my ranking by the end of the first uh, first full year on tour and then just build from there. And like as I said, the more tournaments I play, the more opportunities I'm going to get to to uh, make a big dent on my on my ranking and improve it, but uh, yeah, while I was took the semester off, it was also a little bit difficult because I knew I didn't have that many opportunities, so it kind of played on my mind a little bit that I need to take every opportunity I get and just and run with it, which maybe was a little detrimental in some areas, but um, I was able to to bounce back really well late in the late in the semester last semester and then. Uh, I finished playing some really good tennis, and that's translated into the start of this season that I'm playing some good tennis so far. Yeah, we joke about the 900, but it tells you how many great tennis players there are out there, huh? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, tennis, is, tennis has become way more global over the years. It's reaching parts of the world that it hasn't reached before. Uh, yeah, there's just there's so many good players out there. And, I mean, college tennis is a great example of it. That I mean, my freshman year, 
I had the opportunity to play against uh, JJ Wolf, who played number one for Ohio State, and he's put, uh, he's top fifty, maybe even top thirty in the world now. So that just shows that how close the level of college tennis is to the like the professional uh, professional level. That there's there's quite a lot of players in college tennis that would do very well on the professional circuit. So it's good to see college tennis doing so well. All right, so you play some doubles as well, and you said you had some success in the fall in doubles. Uh, this year you've played with Timothy, Timothy uh, Seeger and Connor DeMarco. I think, Connor, you're probably more, uh, at least that's what you've been doing lately, has been has been Connor more, more comfortable with him, or you like both of them, or what? Uh, I played with um, t- uh, Timothy. He's a freshman on the team. I played with him for a few matches early in the season uh, because Connor was he was out. He didn't play. We we had this uh, an invite tournament at UNC, and uh, Connor didn't travel to that tournament because he was out with injury. But um, I've played with Connor f- since he's been here. So that's I think this is our fourth season together now. Uh, we've created a good bond, a good connection on the. T- uh, on the doubles court so we've had some great success together so it's been we're very comfortable playing with each other um and probably from now throughout the rest of the season we'll we'll be playing together but it was great to kind of mentor timothy and to like to have the opportunity to play with him because i actually in college tennis i haven't played with anyone other than connor for four years so no it it was good just to kind of put myself out there with someone else and just yeah, we we actually did really well. Doubles a different game, of course. Do you have any preference? Doubles, singles? Uh not really. I mean, I I like doubles for the fact that it's it's a little bit more fun in a way that you've got a partner. You're playing not just for yourself. There, you're playing, and you got to kind of communicate and you've got to figure it out together. Whereas singles, you it can get a little bit lonely out there. If things aren't going well, it's all on you, and you got to try and figure your way out of it. But I mean. I've grown up playing way more singles than I have doubles. I mean, Australian Australians do grow up playing a, a lot more doubles compared to the rest of the world. But, um, like, one way or the other, I don't know. I probably prefer the competitive side of singles more, but I prefer the, like, the team bonding and the, the like, communication side of doubles. And, of course, individual sport that it is when you do play singles. Uh, college tennis is probably unlike anything you ever experienced how did how did you react to that i i liked it i i mean when i grew up in australia we had some like team tennis kind of competitions and i really really liked it i liked the fact that you're playing for something a bit bigger than yourself you're playing for your team your coaches your school you're playing for yeah a lot more than yourself and that kind of it adds pressure and some players um some players excel in that type of pressure but some players fold in that type of pressure and I've I've been lucky enough to channel my my emotions and stuff and I've been able to to be successful in this this format of the game and um yeah no I I just I like just having like a team around you because as I said last semester I was traveling playing some tournaments and stuff and ended up in some places that weren't the nicest of places I was the only Australian there maybe I was the only one who spoke English there so like playing matches where you've got no support, that's that has a very very different feel than when you've got the rest of your team behind you. You got your school, you've got yeah a lot of fans behind you. So that that brings out that like you you can't take that for granted. That 
that doesn't happen everywhere. So Yeah, I was going to say, you know, as you're in the middle of a match, you've got other guys that are just a court down from you, you know, shouting and, and, and yelling. And, you know, the, the ones that speak Spanish are going, vamos, vamos. Yeah. And, and you, but you can hear, uh, you know, folks saying Tulsa, you know, Tulsa, Tulsa. You know, that, that helps kind of spur you on, doesn't it? Yeah, no, for sure. It's great with, the, with our team. We have, well, we have a 10-man team. We have nine internationals and one American. So we have a very multicultural team. And it's it's just cool hearing like all all the nationalities, all the different languages, but then they all have that common theme of yelling out Tulsa. So it's just nice to hear that and with all the different accents, but we all have that one common goal. So no, it's been great playing in a team environment for sure. All right. So do you know any other languages? Are you starting to learn? Are you just you're gonna have to immerse yourself maybe in some other languages, huh? Uh, I did a couple of semesters of Spanish. I wouldn't say I'm very good, and that was a few semesters ago, so I haven't had oh, – I didn't really use it too much, so I've lost a lot of my base knowledge. But, um, yeah, I, I did try and learn Spanish, but I wouldn't say it was very successful. <laughs> All right, so you are you have a, a, a dual uh, major in exercise, sports science, and uh, psychology, uh, and I know you'll be proud when you walk, when you get your degree. What do you think it'll help you do? Uh, I mean – I feel like the study part of things has really helped me with my tennis. It's given me another outlet, so something to take my mind off it. With the psychology degree, I want to try and get into maybe sports psychology post-grad and the exercise sports science degree, maybe something like a physiotherapy. But um, I just feel like it's given me a broad knowledge of of the self. Like I understand the inner and outer functionings of the body and also the mind. So that's really helped me kind of as a tennis player and mature as a tennis player because the mental part of the game is such a big part of the game uh, with it being a very individual sport. So I feel like, yeah, the psychology has really, really helped um, understand just the different processes that happen in the mind during a match and stuff. So no, I feel like that has really, really made me uh, better myself as a player but also as a person. So, yeah, I'm looking to... I'm looking at while I go and play professionally once I graduate here, I am looking at maybe doing an online course while I while I am playing because I do feel like just the studying helps me play. It just gives me something to take my mind off the tennis for a while. Being from Sydney, Australia, that's southeast uh, Australia, uh, and you have, you have Melbourne and you have Perth is on the west. So, I mean, tell us about Australia. And, you know, I know it's very coastally kind of uh, oriented but tell us about your country yeah i mean we're i think we're pretty blessed to come from a country like we do weather wise it's perfect i mean our our winters only get down to maybe lowest probably 12 to 15 degrees celsius which i'm not sure i'm gonna guess it's like 65 (laughs) 70 which is it's that's bearable that's comfortable so and then our summers get pretty hot but uh i've grown up in those conditions i love those conditions we we all pretty much grow up very coastal which we have the access to go to the beach pretty often which i've grown up doing a lot um that was a bit of a shock coming here when i've grown up maybe 100 to 200 meters from the beach whereas here we're about seven hours i think from the closest <laughs> beach we saw. so so no that uh yeah that part was tough but um no we yeah we're pretty lucky also have to have myself and two other Australians on the team. My doubles partner, Connor, comes from Melbourne. And then we have another boy, um, Callum. He comes from Adelaide. So that, like, Australian connection has helped us here. 
But uh, no, I think yeah, we're we're very lucky. We have some of the nicest parts of the world, in my opinion. I'm, it may be biased, but in my opinion, I think we have some of the nicest parts of the world. All right. So in the middle of Australia, though, it's pretty rough, isn't it? I mean, do you ever go in, you know, like the middle of the country, like Alice Springs or some of those places? Have you ever, you know, boxed a kangaroo or anything like that? <laughs> I've never boxed a kangaroo, no. But I uh, I have actually been to Alice Springs a couple times. I played some tournaments there. But the middle of the country isn't heavily populated it's not yeah it's not as populated as the coastal areas like the east coast of australia is probably the most saturated with the population and then perth is but um from like the center of the country up to like the uh the northwest part of the country like above perth it's the it's not really that livable like the just the soil everything is not it doesn't have the foundation to build on so yeah it's that part of the country is not very well populated, but I mean, I'm lucky I come from Sydney. I'm kind of, I'm halfway between Brisbane and Melbourne. So, I mean, it's a, it's a big country, but yeah, the, the East coast of Australia is where the majority of everything happens. Yeah. Yeah. And as an Aussie, there's such a rich tradition of tennis. You must've grown up, you know, I mean, all the way back to Rod Laver and I'm sure many players before that and current players really good. You, you grew up with it in your blood almost, huh? Yeah, no, for sure. And funny you say that I was, um, so my grandfather and, uh, my grandparents, they owned at one point the biggest squash and tennis center in the Southern hemisphere. So it was, uh, 18 tennis courts, 16 squash courts. And, um, they had players like Ken Rosewell and some of the greats of Australian tennis practicing there. And um, I was actually a home birth at a squash and tennis center. My mum's a midwife, uh, so she had a few of her colleagues or her friends in the workplace come and deliver me. So I was a home birth at a squash and tennis center. So, no, that, it was great. So, I, I mean, I, we say it jokingly that I was born with a tennis racket in my hand, but it's pretty close. It is pretty close. I was going to say, that's an amazing story that you were birthed right there at a tennis center, huh? Yeah, well, my um, yeah, my, my parents, they were running at Squash and Tennis Center at the time, and they actually lived, like, they had, their ha- the house was connected to the facility. So, I mean, yeah, it was pretty, pretty much I was born there on site. So, I mean, no, it was, it was great. I mean, I, I've, of course, I had the, the choices growing up, but... I mean, I always gravitated to tennis. My my whole dad's side of the family was heavily into squash and tennis. So, uh, I mean, I played both sports at the highest level in Australia. I won a, a few Australian titles in squash growing up, but I also did the same in tennis. And I felt like there was more variety in tennis than there was in squash. And there's nothing better to do on a nice, warm summer's day than play tennis. So have you met a Rod Laver or Ken Rosewall or some of the other great Australian players? Yeah, no, I have. I have. I've met them growing up playing uh, in some of the like the junior camps. Then I was in the Junior Davis Cup squad. So I, um, yeah, I had the opportunity to meet them and chat with them a little bit uh, when I was younger. And then also I grew up playing with Alex Demonar, who's top 20 in the world at the moment. He's my age. Uh, also, I've also had the opportunity to hit with Nick Kyrgios, who in the media is probably not, the, <laughs> he's not the media's favorite person, but uh, outside of that, of his media presence, he's actually quite a down-to-earth nice guy. So, 
Um, now I've had the opportunity to hit with some of the greats and some of the current greats in Australian tennis, but also some of the ex greats of Australian tennis. But it's been it's been great. I also had Pat Rafter. He was the national coach when I was grow, uh, growing up in Sydney. Wally Masur as well. So yeah, now it's been it's been unbelievable to be exposed to those type of players and just the knowledge that they bring has helped me develop for sure. Yeah, you mentioned Kyrgios, a guy that is so unlike the typical Aussie. The, the, the typical Aussie is that guy that doesn't show a whole lot of emotion necessarily, but boy, he shows it on his sleeve and out on the court and very emotional player, isn't he? Yeah, no, I mean, he is very emotional. He channels the way, like, he deals with stress in a much different way that, than most people do. And because it's so far out of the so-called norm that he's criticized for it, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that he does do. But I think that also he's created that kind of image for himself that he's got to kind of live up to it. So uh, I'm sure he's making a lot of money out of his image as well. So I think that he's not doing too bad himself. Oh, absolutely. And Cody, i got to ask you this. Now, you get to be a pro tennis player and you get to be really good and continue to improve. i got to believe the the max for you, the biggest thing for you would be win, to go and win an Australian Open championship. I assume that would be the ultimate yeah now the ultimate goal would be yeah for sure to make to win a grand slam uh i mean just taking small steps i'd like to by maybe 26 27 years old have the opportunity to play in a grand slam and then just to work my way and just to play around those group of guys because i mean the level as we said before tennis has reached so many different parts of the world it's also allowed me to travel to so many parts of the world that i wouldn't have the opportunity to do so so no, I think that, um, yeah, having the opportunity to play a Grand Slam would be unbelievable, and then having the opportunity to win one would be even better. So, yeah, that's the that's the big goal, but there's a lot of steps that need to be taken to get there. Yeah, you got a little ways to go, but you got to dream, right? Yeah, no, mm-hmm. for sure, yeah. you got to dream big. If you don't dream big, and if, it's, if it doesn't push you to be better, then you're not dreaming big enough. What do you want to do the rest of your time in Tulsa? I know as a team you want to win, get to the NCAA, advance, go deep, all of that sort of thing. What do you want to accomplish? Um, so, I mean, I'd like to, as a team, yeah, we made the NCAA tournament last year. I'd like to do that again this year and then maybe do one better, if not go on a bit of a run in the NCAA tournament. I think we have the team to do so. So we just had a, a couple of little injuries um, uh, early this season so if we can take care of them and get the team fully healthy I think we have the opportunity to have an impact in the NCAA tournament individually I'd like to make the NCAA tournament again I've made it the last two years so I'd like to do that again and then also maybe maybe finish with an all-american status by the end of this semester and then as a student I'd like to graduate for sure Get all of that done this spring, right? Yeah, yeah, get all of that done. I mean, so far we're trending in the right direction, but um, yeah, no, we have, we actually have, with 10 guys on the team, we have six of us graduating this year, so it's going to be interesting. Um, a lot of our families are coming over late in the season, so they'll be able to watch quite a few of our matches, so that'll be, that'll be a different feeling. A lot of our families haven't been here, uh, haven't been here yet, so no, to have them on campus supporting us, wearing the Tulsa, hearing them yelling out, let's go Tulsa, that, no, that'd be, that'd put a smile on a lot of our faces, I think. So a ways to go, but Cody, uh, I'm not going to bet against you. You know, let's, let's have a great finish to the spring, and thank you so much for taking the time. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Cody Pearson, senior tennis player for the men's team from Sydney, Australia. That wraps it up for this edition of Eye of the Hurricane podcast. I'm Bruce Howard. We'll talk to you next time. This is Eye of the Hurricane podcast, the official podcast of University of Tulsa Athletics. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Golden Hurricane Sports Network. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.